Welcome to the More Than 10 podcast, where we acknowledge the trauma healthcare workers and first responders experience every day and foster a safe place to discuss and process them. What's up, everyone? I'm Ashley, your podcast host, L&D nurse, new grad nurse, sister, friend, learner, all the things, and I am so excited to be here with you today. So I want to tell you why I started this podcast. But to begin that conversation, I want to start with a question. That being, do you believe everything happens for a reason? I do. And the story I'm about to tell you is going to show you why. But first, we need to start, rewind, go back to my senior year at the UConn Nursing Program. It was our last simulation. And like, I think we had a couple of weeks left of school. We honestly were a little burnt out of simulations at this point. And I remember walking in and being told we're going to be doing a CPR simulation. Uh, Basically, we had to perform a bedside CPR code. We had to respond to a code. And for those of you who have done simulations like this before, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. But for those who haven't, essentially, there's this room that looks like a hospital room. And there's cameras on the wall where you're being recorded on what you're doing. Um, and the whole class is in another room watching you do what, ch- what you're doing in that scenario in that sim. The professor can talk to the students through the mannequin. Um, and then there's like all these equipment that you would need in the room at bedside. So group one goes in, they do it, we come back, we reflect on it. Um, and to be honest, I remember thinking, you know, we're all CPR certified. We, we've done this plenty of times to get our certification. You know, I think they really are just doing this to fill time, to fill our last simulation lab up because I don't know what else to do. Um, but needless to say, we learned from each other's mistakes. And by the end of it, I felt that it was really drilled in to me. And while I was like, this is a good thing, I feel more confident in it. I also <laughs> thought to myself, well, I'm going to be an L&D nurse. It's not like I'm going to have to use this. Hmm. Well, flash forward to my most recent experience. Uh, I was flying on Southwest Airlines uh, soon after they had their whole like system outage. A news anchor approached me by the bag check, and she said, hi, can I interview you for Southwest? I, we just want to know about your travel experience. And I remember thinking to myself, <laughs> I don't know anything about this. I just know that they're in trouble, that they had some big outage, but my plane's leaving, and I am getting to my destination, and that's all I care about. So I was like, no, I'm not your girl. I'm sorry. Ask somebody else. I'm not your girl. And one of the people I was traveling with came up to me and they were like, are you kidding me? Why'd you, why'd you tell them? No, you could have been on the news. And I was like, I don't, I don't need to, like, I'm not their girl. Well, good thing that happened. And this is where I say everything happens for a reason, because when we get into the security line, suddenly people are dispersing and they're yelling, get an AED, get an AED. I look through the crowd and I see a girl lying on the floor with one man performing chest compressions. And I'm not going to lie, I've dreamt about these moments. I've pictured these moments of like emergent situations happening in public. And I always thought that I would freeze. I always thought I would freeze. Um, And I will say that it was a different feeling being in public because I feel that in a hospital, when something like this happens, you're surrounded by a bunch of people who sometimes have done this every day and can probably do it better than you. Everyone's competent in the healthcare setting to perform correctly in this scenario. But in public, 
it hit me that I was probably the only other person there who could help this girl, who could give her a chance. And I think that's why I responded the way I did. That being calmly, (laughs) I never thought I'd be calm in this scenario, but I was, I was calm. I put my bag down and I went over to the guy performing chest compressions. And I said, hi, I'm a nurse. Can I help? And he said, yes, I would love if you could perform or could resume my compressions. And I remember asking him if she had a pulse. He said, no. Um, And so I got down and I forget what number he was on, but I resumed his compressions. Um, And I will say when we do it in the simulation labs, you're constantly thinking about because the mannequin's telling you, but you're constantly thinking about, am I doing them deep enough? Am I doing them at the right pace? But in this scenario, everything was almost muscle memory. And I'm thankful for that because I feel that if I was in my head even more, it would have been more about what I'm doing versus the fact that I'm trying to help this girl. And that's really what was driving me to stay calm in that scenario. Um, But I also think I can thank my simulation for that. Um, So thank you, Yukon, for drilling that into me. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, needless to say. So I think after about 40 of my compressions, um, the nurse had said, oh, her pulse is back. Um, She's starting to come to. And then at this point, ironically, the AED gets placed down next to us, but she's back. We don't need it. Um, And then also at this point, two other people came over and they said, hi, we're doctors. Um, We're here to help. So... The girl started to come to, she started to kind of like lean over like she was going to throw up. Um, and then she had some like bloody drool coming out of her mouth because I think she bit her tongue when she dropped. It was reported to us that she literally just dropped. Um, so it's probably what that was from. Um, but she was also like very disoriented, didn't know where she was, um, couldn't talk to us, didn't know her name, like couldn't tell us her name. Um, and she would try and get up, but then she wouldn't be steady enough. Um, so then we would like lay her back down on her side because then she would, again, turn over and look like she's about to throw up, try to get up. It was this whole thing. But the whole time this was happening, we're trying to keep her calm. And I'm telling her, you know, hi, I'm Ashley. I'm a nurse. You had an accident. You're at the airport. You're safe. And then eventually I just kept saying, I'm Ashley. I'm a nurse. You're safe. We're with you um, repeatedly. And we were told it was going to be about 10 minutes before EMTs got there. So we stayed with her. We kept her awake um, and alert and just kind of kept repeating these things to her until they got there. When they got there, they brought a wheelchair. And I remember, um, sorry, this is like very emotional for me. Um, She like jolted up like she had done before plenty of times. But then before she got in her wheelchair, she turned to me. And she gave me a massive hug and said, I'm sorry, thank you. And I I remember, like, that was the most special hug. <laughs> sorry. That was the most special hug I've ever gotten in my life. And I honestly didn't think she heard me when I was telling her she's safe and that I was with her. Um, but she did. She understood it enough to hug and thank me afterwards. And that really shows... Um, the power of our presence in a scenario and situation like this and the power of telling somebody even when they look completely disoriented like they can't understand you that they're safe and that you're with them even when they can't respond to you telling them that there's power in that and that reminded me of it um anyway so afterwards after the EMTs take her I turned to the other nurse and he said I don't know whether to scream, to cry, to laugh. Like, I I don't know. I don't know how I'm feeling. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with it. And I said, 
it's okay. You'll get through it. Have you done this before? And he said, yes. And I said, well, I haven't. And I'm glad it was with you. Thank you for everything that you did. And then all four of us, the doctors and us two nurses, we just went through the security line and dispersed. I never saw any of them again. Um, and I remember the group I was with, we were getting a bite to eat afterwards uh, or like before, after this happened, but before our plane was leaving. And I sat there and I was like on this adrenaline high, I was shaking. Um, and I immediately texted my nursing group chat of friends and I told them what happened. And one of my friends who was a ED nurse, he said, you know, make sure that you process this. Otherwise it's really going to mess with you. Um, he said, I normally like to take 10 seconds in between moving from one patient to another when something traumatic like this happens. To which I respond, I am so sorry you only get 10 seconds. 10 seconds to process the fact that you just had a life in your hand and the outcome of it and all the feelings that come after that. You get 10 seconds. I am so sorry because for me, my, I was shaking, like my body, I couldn't, I couldn't even hold my phone, like uh, 10 seconds. So after about an hour, I went into the bathroom and I remember adrenaline dropped and I, it just hit me and I cried my eyes out. I remember looking in the mirror and saying like, what the f just happened? And I just let myself feel it. Um, and then I got out and it was like five, I had five minutes before we had to leave for our plane. And I walked to the plane and guys, I had a four hour plane ride and I cried, I think for half of it. And my poor boyfriend didn't know what to do, didn't hold my hand. And nobody really, nobody knows what to say to you because they don't know what you're feeling because you don't even know what you're feeling. And all they, all they kept saying to me was, you know, you're a hero. You saved your life. You did great. And, you know, you're a hero is kind of what they kept repeating. And I will say, that's not how I felt. I've, I was proud of myself. I was proud that I stepped up in the way I did. I was thankful for the outcome. But I didn't feel like I was a hero. I, I wasn't special. You guys, I'm not special. I'm not. And that's because, truthfully, I realize healthcare workers and first responders, they go through this every day. They experience something traumatic. It may not be something like this, but they experience something traumatic every day of their lives. And they have to respond. And I'm not special, but that's okay. Because I feel like this moment really humbled me. Um, and the other point being, you know, I had to process this by myself, and so did the three other people who responded to the scenario in the airport, we couldn't talk to each other about it. We couldn't talk about what happened, how we were feeling, what we could have done better. And those were all the things running through my head on the airplane. I was thinking, you know, this girl is traveling alone. Does her family know? Like, are they, oh, how are they feeling? I would be terrified if this was my child. Um, does she know what happened to her? Why did she drop? How could I have responded better? How could I have done it differently? Um, all these things run through your head and it's normal. Like I know that that's normal to think all these things and put yourself in that person's shoes. That's normal. It's compassion. That's why we are who we are, but it's a lot to bear and it's a lot to sort through and not have anyone to talk to about it. 
other than your own brain. <laughs> um, it's a lot. And I really feel that this is the reality of healthcare workers and first responders' lives, that, you know, they have 10 seconds to process this, and some of them leave the day not choosing not to feel any of it at all, um, and they don't give themselves the proper time to process these things and to let their brain go through these questions and go through these thoughts. And um, some of them don't even get the time to because they have to go from one patient, one crisis to the next very quickly. Um, and again, while that's the reality, this, what happened to me made me realize that it doesn't mean that that's okay. And it doesn't mean that that's healthy. Um, I feel that there's a stigma that if you are a healthcare worker or a first responder, this is the job you signed up for. And this is why people get to call you heroes because you experience all these traumatic things every day and you respond to them and you save lives and it's the job you signed up for and you just deal with it. And while it's true, we signed up for this job and we pride ourselves in helping other people, we're still human beings and we still need to process it. Uh, but the catch, <laughs> and guys, the catch is that nobody tells you how to, you know, in school, they don't tell you that you're going to experiencing these, you're going to experience trauma. You're not only going to see trauma that occurs to your patients, but you're going to experience your own type of trauma. They don't tell you those things. They don't tell you how to process those things. They don't tell you what a proper debrief should look like. Um, they don't tell you resources on where to go to help process all these traumatic things that are going to weigh on you, even if you choose not to think about them. Um, and that's a problem. And that's that's a problem, you know, in our society. And that's why I'm starting this podcast, because I want to acknowledge the fact that we do, as healthcare workers and first responders, we experience trauma. And we need to be able to sort through it and we need to be able to process it. And this space is going to be a safe space to acknowledge the trauma, to think about it, to feel it. But then I want to provide you guys with tools on how to process it. Um, I want this to be a podcast you can pull up after a long shift or um, a long day and just feel that there's somebody here saying, okay, it's okay to feel these emotions. Let's work through it together. Here are some tools you can put in your pocket. Um, that is the goal of this podcast. So with that, I want to say thank you to first responders and healthcare workers for everything that you do, for humbling me. Thank you to my friend Brody, who's letting me borrow all, these, all this fantastic uh, podcast equipment. Um, and thank you to my friends and family for encouraging me to start this podcast, to start the conversation, um, because I feel that there's a need for it. And honestly, guys, if I can just help one person um, after they're having a bad day or after they're working through something, that it, that was it. That will be the goal of this podcast. Um, so thank you for listening. I hope to see you back for episode two. Um, tell your friends, tell anybody who you think can benefit from hearing any of this. Um, and yeah, thank you. I will love and leave you guys. Have a great day. 